The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. The following program is recommended for ages 18 and over due to adult content. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to Behind the Scenes, a look at some of the sometimes steamy inside of Hollywood with your host, Hollywood executive and former Victoria's Secret model, Summer Helene. Our program features the gossip, the dish, and the stories of what's really going on behind your favorite movies, television shows, and celebrities from the people who are involved in the industry. Now, here is your host, Summer Helene. Paul, we are on. I'm Summer Helly. We are on with Paul Michael Bolan. We are talking this week with Natalie Q. She's had a very, very, very interesting road to Hollywood. And we're going to go into a little bit of that in just a few minutes. But what I want to say from the get, what's been making the news a lot lately has been sexual assault. We had the incident with the swimmer who only got six months in prison after uh, raping a young woman. We've had incidents with um, Hollywood stalkers. We've had a lot of issues with with this happening. And, you know, I'm, I'm getting really fucking sick and tired of this. I've, I've got to say, I think judges need to take a stronger hand and we need to do something more. What are your thoughts, Paul? Well, I just read today that apparently Bill Cosby's lawyers have asked for the accuser to repay the settlement fee from the earlier uh, from the civil case. Absolutely so that's insane. That's a pile of horseshit, for lack of a better phrase. Well, I'm I'm going to say this. In Hollywood there are things that that happen just by virtue of your job. I currently have 47 active restraining orders against people. Um, from the days when that's it only 47 from the days when I met Paul I did a lot of films I modeled um, even since I've been doing this and doing the cons I actually have 47 restraining orders those are just a piece of paper I have had men that I've had restraining orders against walk straight through the restraining order so it's not enough where we are with people like Bill Cosby, Hollywood rallied around him. I knew what was wrong with Bill Cosby and what he did, and I wasn't allowed to say anything. Every person at every studio knew. My boss, Paul, over at Paramount, uh, we used to break you guys up when when Paul, uh, when you would call Paul, my phone would say Indie Paul, and when my boss, Paul, from Paramount, would call it, would say, Paramount Paul. Lex oh, wouldn't even man. answer it. She was terrified of him because he'd get on the phone with me and she'd hear him screaming down the other end of the house. Um, every, Paul, when I was, when a, Paramount Paul, my old boss, Paul, when I was offered a job um, with Bill Cosby's people, he told me not to take it. And he told me why. There are people... Um, Donald Trump is one of them. I, I really urge everyone to w- Google the words Donald Trump rape 
please Google those words. Hollywood does protect these people because they pay them to and because it's their money. Taylor Swift gave money to Kesha. Um, I know, and I'm going to say this on air and I'm going to get in some trouble. I know one of the publicists that was involved in the other side of this and her statement was, he raped Kesha without question. He raped her and my job is to make her look like a lying whore because I work for him and I'm a publicist. I love Hollywood. I love I love my people and I'm I will never I will never ever you know, I don't like to say anything bad because Hollywood really is a big family. But we've gotten to a point where when Hollywood excuses some of this behavior, the public excuses it. And I think Hollywood really has a way of changing the social barometer. It does. We change the social barometer in a really big way. We did it with civil rights. We've done it with a lot of things. And I'm disgusted at the verdict that this young man got. It was shameful. It was absolutely shameful. Six oh, months okay. for sexual assault. Pardon? Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm at Snopes right now looking at I did exactly what you said. I, I, I Googled Donald Trump rape, and this is the uh, it's connected to the guy. Pardon? The Epstein guy, the guy who basically had a, a the pedophile express plane. Oh, there's there's more than more than any of that. Really that look the into it, Paul. Because I know no. that, I know that Bill Clinton's involved with that one too, unfortunately. Yeah, no, 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 no. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about really there there have been since he's had Miss Universe, since all of this. Um, and I'm taking a big risk with my job saying this. What I'm saying to people, and this is not political. I am not saying this for political reasons. Um, I'm still hoping magically we will get Bernie Sanders or Elizabeth Warren. Um, I'm saying this because I am sick and tired of this happening. I Once I saw this case with the swimmer, was kind of my point where I said, you know, I've had enough. I've, 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 I've had enough. We excuse it, we let it go. What happened with Kesha was just unbelievable um, because he did rape her. And it's just, it's, it's ridiculous that we allow this in Hollywood. And Bill Cosby's antics are just the tip of the iceberg. This isn't news, this isn't new. Hollywood has kind of always gotten a free pass because it's Hollywood. Um, but... Two weeks ago, or no, three weeks ago now, I had a fan um, try and sexually assault me. Oh, God. And this is somebody who, you know, catches me online, listens to the shows, and I'm very interactive with people that listen. And this just happened. And so when this verdict came out with this woman and all of this, um... I, I gotta say, shame. I'm, I'm, I'm really, really ashamed of Hollywood's stance on this, and I'm ashamed of the public. And I'm very proud of people for taking the stance they did and pushing back against this swimmer, because the girls' swim team was shamed into keeping their mouth closed about what he had done to them, because he had behaved inappropriately with people on the women's swim team. Yeah, apparently nobody was surprised by the charges. Exactly, but the school itself had put pressure on these girls to keep their mouth shut. So, as proud as I am of so many of the things Hollywood has done, I'm really, really upset by this. I'm upset because it is a hush-hush case. If somebody 
Now, I'm going to use, I'm going to use an example, and I'm going to use a disclaimer. Ryan Reynolds has never been accused of sexually assaulting anybody. I know that there are some people that wish he would sexually assault them, me included. I think he's wonderful. But, I would go back on the pill for that man, too. So, yeah, exactly. Know. He's wonderful. Yeah. <clears throat> but the reality is, if he did, which he, he did not, and I'm going to keep saying this disclaimer throughout this, this example, he did not, he is not known for that. Um, nobody would say anything because he banks. He does. He's bankable. I think they might have said something after Green Lantern, but now after Deadpool, no. Well, hence I use the example. Mm. (laughs) Um, The reality is no one would say anything. Now, again, I'm going to say he's never done this. That has never come up. That has never come out. That's not even a rumor. Mm -hmm. Um, But everyone knew with Bill Cosby. Yeah, unfortunately, when I was going to school, the uh, the uh, head resident advisor of the dorm that I was living in, he raped a girl. girl and unfortunately, because she uh, took a shower right after it happened. You take a shower because you feel dirty. Yeah, but that washed away any physical evidence. Which is what she would have needed in order to press charges. Because the school basically just fired him. That's it. No charges, no nothing. You know, I, I got to say, I'm, I'm disappointed. I think we can do better. And Hollywood, yeah. this goes out to you. I know there are the crazy stalkers. We had the guy that broke into poor Sandra Bullock's house. She was calling 911 desperately. We've had people, you know, and, and I hate to say that B-listers and C-listers are actually more vulnerable because yeah, they don't a, think much about it. We just had a, a girl who was on The Voice voice get killed? Get shot, yep. She got shot. But she was by no means an A-lister. And the reason that the B-listers and C-listers and D-listers get it so much worse is because we don't carry security. I know Paul and I don't walk around with security guards. Mm -hmm. We go to events. We do all of these things. We're still in the public eye, not to the same degree. And it doesn't occur to us that there would be a danger. But the reality of the situation is... Um, the, the, the B and C listers and the D listers are actually more at risk because we don't think we're at risk. Yeah. Fame is a lot different than it was, say 15 years ago. Now you can exactly. be, you know, kind of famous without doing a whole lot. Even, but you know, Rebecca Black, you hear about internet stars. Uh, this did not happen to Rebecca Black, by the way, but you hear about internet stars having these things happen. So I'm, I'm putting this out there. Ladies and gentlemen, this show is about getting famous. We have four minutes till our break. I am putting this out there and saying, if you get into the spotlight, understand, it changes everything. Everything. My life is very different than it was before. Since I became uh, an executive, it's different than when I was an actress and a model. Um, I had a nice following when I was a model. I was a terrible, terrible actress, but, you know, a couple of people watched it. But I had a man pick me up by my neck at a club because he recognized me from some of the films I did. Um, one of the screams you hear on the Not, Berry Farm, uh, the Not Scary Farm ads is mine. I have a phenomenal scream. And it was... Oh, you remember. Um, and I had a man stop me because I had gotten a little bit well-known for this scream in certain groups. And he cornered me and told me to scream for him. And my friends, being the wonderful, helpful friends they are, stood there jumping up and down going, what do we do? And, you know, I'm trying to get the words out, get, get someone, tell someone. 
help. So fame is fame is a risk. Hollywood is a beautiful place, but understand, and I'm saying this to you, Hollywood, shame on you, shame on me, shame on all of us that said nothing about Bill Cosby because we let a predator keep preying on young girls. Um, and to the young actresses going out there, honey, once you choose this road and this to you, you gentlemen too, you have made a choice that's going to change your life forever, good or bad. But you need to be aware of the risks that you're taking because you may be that one lucky person that catches one crazy person's eye. It's nothing you did. It's not on you. It is not your fault. And I got to stress that nothing that happened with these girls and Bill Cosby was their fault. Absolutely nothing. These girls did nothing wrong. They were impressed by a famous man and went with him. You know, people said, well, you should have had the expectation of having sex. Bill Cosby sold himself as America's dad, or at least that's how he was sold. No one saw him as a predator. You know, he was, you know, everybody loved him. Yeah. Now, you know, we're selling Cliff Huxtable. We're selling Cliff Huxtable and, you know, Uncle Phil from the Fresh Prince. Those are now America's dads. Yeah, I can't remember who said it, but he said, you know, uh, something to the effect of, you know, America loved Cliff Huxtable. But Bill yep. Cosby fucked everybody. Yep. <laughs> it's but no, and it's it's true. But the truth is, you there is a certain amount of trust you are given being in the public eye like that. People trust you, and on both ends it happens. I watch actresses go through this. I watch singers go through this. God bless her, we had that lovely young woman that was shot by a fan. But even internet stars have it happen now, so I caution people. I really do. Please, 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 write into your local senators, write into that judge. What this young man got was not enough. Six months for destroying a woman's life is not enough. Please. We can't let fame all dictate all the other women now. that were around there that are now told that if this happens to you, nothing will come of it. Exactly. We need to send a message that says we believe, we believe in our young women and they are victims. And we need something out there that says you pray. It doesn't matter if you're a celebrity. You pray on people, you're going to get it. Okay, I'm going to get off my soapbox now. We're going to go to break. Pardon, Paul? No, no, go ahead. I said, we're going to go to break. I'm going to get off my soapbox. But I am going to say this. Please remember that when you're in the spotlight, you do have crazies. You have someone that's decided in their mind that you're in a relationship. It's happened to me, and I'm not Angelina Jolie. I'm easier to get to because you can find me online. I always tell people where I am. Be aware that being in the spotlight, even just a little bit, changes everything. And write in and complain about that case. That son of a bitch, that kid Brock, what's his face? He needs more time, seriously. I'm Summer Helene. I'm on with Paul Michael Bolton. We're going to be right back with Natalie Q after the break. This is Behind the Scenes. Thanks for listening to my tirade. And remember, just because you're in Hollywood doesn't mean you get a free pass. And when you're in Hollywood, remember, you're in the public eye. We'll be right back.
Streaming live. The leader in Internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com. Attention. If you're a parent, educator, social worker, or civic or religious leader, the most important program you'll hear this week is Exploited, Crimes Against Humanity. Host Opal Singleton and her guest show how our children and others are being dangerously lured by predators through the dark web, social media apps, and games. Beyond that, the program looks at trends in human trafficking and more. You'll never think of the Internet the same way again. Listen Thursdays at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 10 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Tune in each week for Monica Phillips and powerful conversations. This is a thought-provoking show for business people, leaders, and entrepreneurs. We'll feature today's thought leaders and industry trendsetters from across several locations and industries. Give yourself permission to be inspired and live a fulfilling life. Be sure to listen to Powerful Conversations live every Tuesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. You count. Tune into Interrevolutionary Radio and join the spontaneous wave of people all over the planet who, like you, are changing our world from the inside out. Follow the movement. Meet guests who are shaking things up. Call in and gain insights and courage to empower your own voice. Large or small, your part counts. So join us. Co-hosted by Beth Green and James Maynard, Interrevolutionary Radio airs live every Thursday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. You are listening to Behind the Scenes with host Summer Helene. To connect with the show today, please call 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to bts at summerhelene.com. Now let's go back behind the scenes. G'day, g'day. Welcome back to Behind the Scenes. I'm your host, Summer Helene. We are on with Paul Michael Bolin and Natalie Q. Before the break, we were having a little bit of a tirade talking about Hollywood and rape and kind of the way things have gone. Um, Natalie said she was listening in, just trying to breathe and not throwing her two cents. But I'd actually like to hear your two cents, Natalie. Hello. Hi. Thanks Hi, so much for having show. me, Summer. Hello, Paul. Hello, Hi. listeners. I swear we'll do your proper intro in just a second, but I'd actually yeah, no like worries. to hear what you have to say. Yeah, it's such an interesting topic. I think, um, Summer, you've been on my show, and we talked a lot about women and where we're at, specifically in Hollywood, but I think this is something that the everyday woman experiences to a certain degree, not the level of rape, sometimes on a daily basis. It can happen professionally. You can be stymied. It's still a man's world, and that's why absolutely I'm with you. A big spectacle needs to be made when it's something so big in, in, when we're talking rape, when we're talking about an abuse to that level. There needs to be ramifications. People need to be angry. Absolutely. What do you think about Brock Turner getting six made examples months? of. Pardon? Mm. Pardon, Paul? I said a few people need to be made examples of. What do you think about in the case of Bill Cosby and uh, Brock Turner? Is this for me or Paul? I'll I'm asking it. you. We already, yeah. we already kind of, you know, spat Yeah, 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 of course. 
Brock, I, I think he was, um, I think the, the vilification of him and the memes all over Facebook, I think that's almost, not that it's punishment enough, but it's up there with the punishment. I, I would like to see his prison sentence without question be stronger, but I, I loved the example that was made of him, the memes coming through. I am Brock Turner. I am a rapist. I mean, that was just all over my feed, and I don't even have that many friends. And I think the message was sent. It needs to not stop, though. It needs to not be, you know, for two or three days on Facebook, we're, we're exposed to that. And, and Brock being made, made an example of, and everybody, you know, more, more need to be made an example of. The, the narrative needs to change. It is not okay. And what do you think everybody needs case to be like on board Bill with Cosby. that. And until everybody is on board with that, this is what's going to happen. And I hope it doesn't stop prison sentences. What do you think in the case yes, of Bill stronger. Cosby? The Bill Cosby, that's, I mean, that's just, God, isn't that just a tragedy to try to wrap our brains around rewriting the narrative of Bill Cosby? I grew up in the 80s. He was a hero. It's devastating. And... Uh, a lot of people's dreams were taken away from them, thinking this father or grandfather figure is, was actually a terrible monster. I, I agree I th- with I think everything that, that's... for a lot of people, though, that is the reality. You talk about people are actually molested by their father or grandfather. And so I heard yeah. one, one woman say, he was an escape for me. He was, he was how I got away from this tragedy. And, and hearing him do this made me relive it. Uh, you want something, wow. to, make you want something to make you even angrier, angrier about that? I mentioned yep. earlier that I read a headline that the Bill Cosby's lawyers asked the judge to order the accuser from the civil suit to repay her set resettlement fees. I mean, the repay the settlement fees that happened back in 2005. And the reason is, is because she is talking to the police. <gasps> and it's, she's, she's under a gag order that was part of the settlement. Yeah, but... When you legally, she can talk to the police in any suit, and had lawyers coming out in me right now. In any suit, yes, you can have a gag order, but that applies to public defamation. That doesn't apply to um, investigations. Apparently, legally, she has to comply. Bill's, Mr. Cosby's lawyers are trying to make that not to be the case. Um, what a yeah, douche! Yeah, which is disgusting. <laughs> All right, now I want to hear from you. Natalie, tell us about you, and we'll get back into having our tirades and tantrums. And you've got some stuff that Paul <laughs> sure and I will have a tantrum over. I'm sure segue back in. Yes, yeah, so um, I was raised in Utah, a beautiful kind of Happy Valley-esque childhood, sort of a Stepford um, existence of heavily saturated Mormon, like 90 to 95% Mormon environment, which I was part of that religion. I was born into it. And um, it's a really, really interesting way to grow up, surrounded by people who think the same way you do and are saying the same things you're saying. And so I had an interesting coming of age. I got married as a virgin in the temple, did everything that I was told to do, live my life the way it's all planned out. From birth, your life is planned out. You're going to get married. You're going to get baptized. For women especially, you're going to go to university, but this is sort of the first time I've said this publicly. I've said it many times privately. I believe, or it felt at least to me, that women getting their education was sort of said with a wink that it's not really for you because you're explicitly told never to work outside of the home. So what do you get your education for? To be I, I took it that that's where 
a worthy male would be for me to marry. So that's what I did. I went to university, got married when I was 21 in the temple. That was a really, really interesting experience. Um, there's all this buildup for an event like that. Your whole life, your parents are going. It's, it's very shrouded in secrecy. People don't talk about what it is. You know that it's rituals, but um, you don't know, well, know you, what they are well, until you're there in person. So that was okay. um, tied to my wedding. Some of those some of those rituals take place five days or so a week before. For me, it was five days. So I'm going through, and it's, it's feeling very strange, but I go forward with the wedding anyway. The wedding itself was an interesting experience. And from there, I went on sort of about an embarrassingly long journey of eight years of just sort of questioning my reality. Um, I moved to Seoul, which was the language of my husband's mission. And so... Four months after I graduated university, we were in Seoul, and I was pregnant by a day, which was my destiny to bear children. And, yeah, I had my daughter and went on to Taipei. And I just, in this, I ended up spending three years in Asia. It just was so bizarre to be taken from that existence into, uh, I'm blonde hair, blue-eyed. I, I didn't look like the people. I didn't speak the languages, though I was learning the languages. Never, never quite got the ability I would have liked. But um, well, yeah, I just saw that they were happy and they were honest and they were good people. And I just could, I found that very difficult to reconcile. And moved home for a year, then went to Australia for seven years. And it was there that I did leave the religion two can, years can in. I, can I ask you, I'm going to yeah. butt in. Had you, yeah, uh, you were saying that, you know, it was hard for you to reconcile that they were good people and that they were honest people. Mm. Had you ever been around so many people that looked di- that different from you or believed no, that, that differently from you? not a diverse place. It, 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 more so now. Um, give you an idea, I went to high school with um, three grades, 10th, 11th, 12th grade, about 1,800 students. There was about 600 per class. Mm-hmm. From memory, and I hope I'm not wrong, but I don't think I am, there were two African-Americans out of 1,800 students. We had Mexicans and, and Latinos and Polynesians somewhat, but for the most part, yeah, white kids, as I said, 90 to 95% Mormon. This was about 45 minutes south of Salt Lake. Salt Lake itself, I hear different numbers, but around 40% Mormon is... Um, and, and obviously with, with that number comes more diversity as well. But that's not, even being an hour away, 45 minutes, an hour away, you're not always exposed to that. And even that is, you know, not to the level of a city like San Francisco or Los Angeles or New York, where you will be exposed to all sorts of cultures and languages. No, absolutely not. So, but, it, but the bizarre thing is, is to go from such a <laughs> homogenous group of people to another homogenous group of people just very different to you but what a eye-opening amazing horrific thrilling fantastic time I was 22 to almost 25 when I came home and even though I was you know doing things like being a mother I was a stay-at-home mom for a lot of time I was doing a little bit of modeling and acting and voiceovers and things like that but um for the most part, I was just this young little mom, just eyes wide open with my baby, just taking it all in, just, yeah, a lot of cognitive dissonance, but I wouldn't know what that word <laughs> meant for years later. I, I didn't understand the confusion. I just felt it, but it was isolating, and it was lonely, and um, 
I know my husband was experiencing it to some degree, but not to the degree that I was. Absolutely. Now, you, so, yeah. from, from there, you went to Australia, and you and yeah. your husband ended up getting a divorce. We did. We were married for two years in Sydney. We moved to Melbourne. I, we were there three weeks, and I left the religion abruptly, very abruptly. Like, I woke up Mormon, 100% visiting teaching, which is a social program, yes. totally wearing the garments, which are, you know, like their sacred underwear, which... Um, some people know about these, but they are actually real. I wore them for eight years. And yeah, they, right, right, they're right. like a top that's a T-shirt that mm-hmm. has sleeves, so that obviously dictates what you can wear. If you see someone in a tank top, you obviously know they're not a temple Mormon because they couldn't wear that, and, and shorts that go to your knees, and that's your underwear. So I woke up wearing those, believing, doing, living for, you know, the eternal life that was promised for all of the decisions I'm making, and... Had a chance phone call with a stranger and just started asking her some questions. I was just ready, is how I would say it. My mind was just ready to be cracked wide open. But what, no, what, I gotta what say, most people open? take months or years kind of going, huh, you know, I think that maybe what I've been told isn't true. This was like a uh, demon's out. I don't mean to vilify it, but it was like a, oh my God, holy shit. If actually what I've experienced of myself, not what people tell me I should be experiencing, is more in line with that what she's telling me is true, which is that Mormonism is false or at least not right for me or at least the truth claims of the church are not true in my opinion. So, yeah, I took off my garments and I've got to say it was amazing. It was just, it was horrific, but it was amazing because it's going to make me cry, but I, it was, I was 29 years old, and it was the first moment in my life that I was an equal with the world, 7 billion of us, and I felt connected for the first time. I, I wasn't special, and I wasn't chosen, and I didn't have to save people, or that was going to be on my head in my afterlife. They were a person and a human soul. Now, I was a person and a human soul, and I'm, I mean, I'm telling you, the school moms, the men at the grocery store, I just... I probably just stood there with my mouth just like agape, just like as this checker. I remember, I think this was the second day, just he's ringing my groceries and just going, oh, my God, like I see you for the first time. And um, that, was, that was an amazing experience, drinking coffee. <laughs> I'd never been able, I wasn't allowed, um, and I obeyed that. I'd never had coffee. So three days later, I had my first coffee. Ten days later, I had my first alcohol. I mean, it was sort of a crazy way to do it um to introduce those into your life at that age but i i I had dreamed of that i i had been obedient blindly but it it was not a choice of myself to abstain from those so that was amazing to go oh my god i can drink a coffee and i'm not going to go to hell for that okay like that was incredible it's still incredible i mean i i will never forget going to my first coffee Getting it, I was in Melbourne, I was driving to Costco, I just was like, oh my God, look at me with this coffee cup in my hand, it's like I'm in the movies, like, do you guys see this? Like, it was insane. So, there's been so many moments like that, that were just the true small joys of just the tiniest things, but then, of course, other tiny things can be very difficult, the relationships with family. I lost all of my friends. I, there's just certain things in my life that won't happen for me when people are talking about people they grew up with or went to college with, and they're getting together 10 and 20 years later. 
Amazing. You know, well, hang on. We're, we're actually benefits. about to go to break. I want to get more into yeah. this. We have one mm. minute till break. I love hearing about you taking your life back. It really sounds mm. like you, you went from a point where your life was completely dictated by mm. other people, by your religion, by all of these mm-hmm. forces, and waking up and in one moment, one conversation going, I am me. It is, it's like yeah. finding yourself. So when we get back, we're going to talk more about your road to entertainment, your road to Hollywood, how you ended up there, and how you took such an interesting path. Today's show, we're talking about not uh, necessarily going, you know, I'm going to grow up and have a radio show and a television show, and I'm going to do this, but ending up in Hollywood and the winding road that took you there. This is really, really interesting. We are going to be right back with Natalie Q, Paul Michael Bolin. I'm Summer Helene. This is Behind the Scenes. Quick shout out to Scott Haskin. Thank you for the beautiful music. I always love the intro music. It sounds like an epic film about to play out. I feel like I'm in Lord of the Rings or something. We will be right back after this break. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in your brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com Where are you getting your advice on buying, selling, or maintaining your most important asset? Your home. Is it from a reality show on cable TV? A comparison website? Or are you just flying by the seat of your pants and gut instinct? Stop now before you make another move. Tune into Real Real Estate Today with host and realtor Deb Tomorrow. You can't afford to play guesswork when it comes to your new or existing home. Listen every Tuesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific, on Voice America Variety. Have you found the beauty inside of you? Join Bonnie Bonadeo each week for Beauty Inside and Out. We'll explain how beauty plays a part in everybody's lives. Our guests are makeup artists, hairdressers, and doctors. But we'll also feature holistic and wellness specialists and spiritual advisors. You can find that beauty inside and express it to its fullest on the outside. Tune in to Beauty Inside and Out every Thursday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Do the adventures of Indiana Jones leave you curious about this exotic and unusual profession? If so, don't miss Indiana Jones, Myth, Reality, and 21st Century Archaeology with Dr. Joseph Schuldenrein. You'll learn about forensics, ancient civilizations, and human origins. Listen to Dr. Schuldenrein and colleagues discuss their excavations and related archaeological topics, ranging from the unique to the sublime, and yes, even the mundane. Indiana Jones, Myth, Reality, and 21st Century Archaeology, live Wednesday, 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific Time, on Voice America Variety. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. You are listening to Behind the Scenes with host Summer Helene. To connect with the show today, please call 1 866 472 5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to bts at summerhelene.com. Now let's go back behind the scenes. 
G'day, g'day, guys. I'm Summer Helene. I'm your host. This is Behind the Scenes. We are on with my co-host, Paul Michael Bolin. And with Natalie Q, we are talking about winding roads to Hollywood and how you kind of land there instead of just, you know, most people grow up saying, I want to be a star. Natalie grew up thinking she was going to get married, have children, and that would be the end of her road. Today, we're talking about winding roads to Hollywood. Um, Natalie is talking about growing up in the Mormon faith. For those of you that don't know about Mormonism, it's actually a beautiful religion. I have many, many friends in this religion. There are many people. Um, Mitt Romney, you have Osmonds. There are lots of people in Hollywood that do follow this faith. But the faith itself is a little different. It is a Christian faith. The predominant differences are um, that they believe there was a new book. The book was found, read with a magic stone and um, added. The original religion itself uh, believed in polygamy, then the religion rena- renounced polygamy. So I don't want, uh, I know people hear about, especially on the news here, polygamous cults. Most Mormons are not polygamous because I've ha- just had some people write in asking about that. And I'd like to clarify that. We are talking about LDS. We are not talking about fundamental Mormonism. We are not talking about, you know, the prairie dresses or anything like that. We are talking about average, everyday Mormonism. Um, it can be a beautiful religion, and if it's your way to faith, that's a wonderful thing. But in Natalie's case, it was not. So please do not confuse those two things. We are not talking about fundamental Mormonism. In LDS, which is the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, they do not believe in polygamy. Uh, they do believe in different layers of heaven, and if you do the right thing, you and your husband kind of get your own heaven, your own planet, and there are really some beautiful things to it. So if you get a chance, read the Book of Mormon, and I always say if a missionary comes by your house, bring him in, give him a cold drink, because those boys do a lot of work peddling around trying to talk to people, have some compassion there. But please, please, please do not confuse those two religions. We are not talking about a Mormon cult. We are not talking about fundamental Mormonism. We are not talking about the prairie dresses or Warren Jeffs. So please stop writing in. That is something completely different. We are talking about um, a religion for many people, for many, many people. It is the right religion for them and can be really beautiful. In Natalie's case, it just was not the right religion for her. Sorry, I wanted to clarify that with some of our write-ins. Natalie? Everyone, every active Mormon is going to appreciate that so much. On a daily basis, sometimes you are up against that confusion with the masses who aren't aware of that. There's actually a hundred different split-offs from the original church started by Joseph Smith. So, And actually, when you mention The Rock, that's going to ruffle some feathers, I've got to say that, because that's not something I knew as a believing Mormon. Really? That is something they're newly coming out with admitting um, that he used the seer stones with the yeah. face in a hat. I, I, did, I honestly, for 29 years of being born into it, didn't know that. And there will be some people who hear that for the first time who are active Mormons, and I... I can't well, imagine we'll if I'd go, heard it that if, way. If you are an active Mormon, please go ask your bishop. It, mm. it is, I'm probably explaining it badly, but that is a part No, of you're the doing book. a great job. That was great. That's, that's, so, that was a really good it in a nutshell, and I don't even have any corrections. And I mean, maybe you'll get some letters, who knows? But there is, some, there is a lot of misinformation. There are things, there is a lot that's shrouded in secret that only certain people know. 
um, other people are kept from that information just because of the temple. Not every Mormon has been through the temple. Of course. Um, th- well, there are other reasons, but that's just one example. So it, it's interesting. Some I, I just didn't like the correlation with Warren Jess. I had people writing in, and I, I have very good friends that are Mormon, uh, a lot mm. of very good friends that are Mormon, and they have a wonderful family structure. They're wonderful mm. people, and... I don't think it's fair to give that correlation, especially when you compare. They were they were actually comparing you guys, yeah, you specifically to the Warren Jeffs group, which is not a Mormon group. It is not LDS. So I just I want to stress I would challenge that. everybody. One of my favorite things I've ever done is actually take my ass to Colorado City to see it for myself. Oh, did you? Um, it is something to behold the commune that they're living on, and of course I've I've lived in Salt Lake City, I've lived in Orem, I've lived in Logan in Utah, Park City, all of it. I know a lot about Utah. That region is very different just across the Arizona border, and you will see for your own selves. If you only saw the differences with your eyes, didn't hear anything else, you would see that that is a different group of people. Yes, the mainstream church did abolish polygamy. Um, there is still polygamy in the afterlife, which is maybe some reason why there's some confusion. Men can be sealed to wives who have passed, or, or if, let's say, a wife has passed on, they can get remarried and resealed. And so for them, they're married in the afterlife to more than one woman. That's the only thing the mainstream church, that's the only relationship now, to polygamy. Can, can a woman, behi- can a woman be remarried, or does she have to be have unsealed? Does a What's woman have to be, to, Does a woman have to be unsealed? No, she doesn't. Usually it's in the case of death. The man is a widow. The, his first wife has passed on. He would get married and well, sealed I, I, in the I temple. understand that. I'm saying oh. if, if a woman's husband passes on, um, oh. does she get unsealed from the husband to remarry, or can she just No, remarry? no, and she's not resealed to someone else. Polygamy only goes one way, and that's with the man having multiple wives. The women are sealed and that's done and I've yeah, that it, wouldn't that would I've never heard of it but yeah it wouldn't, wouldn't work case, for me I'd, I'd only do polygamy if I get more than one now okay so yeah. sorry we left <laughs> off you had you had just had your first drink and you've mm-hmm. moved on how did you take this and translate all of this you yeah. said in the break that it was hard for you when you do modeling jobs and things or even go to the doctor to yeah. Uh, be wearing these undergarments. Yeah, I at the time I I did have aspirations. I was um, I had sort of a little cooking show for a brand and my own successful cooking blog. I really thought, okay, I'm going, I'm going to Hollywood, and it'll be the vehicle will be a cooking show. Um, but I just felt so inhibited by the garments and by what I was supposed to be living as a woman raising a family. I just didn't feel that freedom. The church has changed a little bit, you know, since this was, you know, five, ten years ago. Even in that time, there's, there's a different experience someone who would have been 27 at the time is having now. I think they do feel more freedom. But at the time, you know, about eight years ago when I was thinking this and really thinking my kids are going to go to school, I would love to be doing this. I would love to be in the spotlight. I would love to be more involved. I would love to share what I know. I just felt like, how would I ever get dressed for the red carpet? How would I ever not be embarrassed? I'm, I'm embarrassed enough to go to the doctor 
I'm embarrassed enough anytime someone realizes that this is the underwear that I have to wear, that I have been explicitly told never to take off except in the case of exercise or swimming. Um, or, ba- or, or, or sex or bathing. Yes, <laughs> you said it, yes, or sex. Um, but other than that, you are to wear it, and, and there's no compromise. You're not to roll up the sleeves to suit the fashions of the day. Yeah, it was really, really inhibiting. Um, so, of course, it was am- amazing and free to... I, I was actually in David Jones. <laughs> I was 29 years old. David Jones is like our Nordstrom. Um, and I was buying my underwear for the first time after eight years of wearing the garments. And I started tearing up and the little girl came over, you know, to, to ask if I needed any help. And I'm just, I just need her to understand that I'm choosing my own underwear for the first time, you know, in my adult life, getting married at 21. I've been married this whole time wearing these very unsexy garments. And, um, you know, she didn't get it. She just left me to it. But it was emotional. It was, it was amazing to claim the freedom of my own body, of my own choices, take responsibility for that, of course. Um, but I had not exercised that freedom. Really, I mean, I got married at 21, but your whole life is leading up to something next. So I had never experienced the freedom of being myself, being Natalie, who Natalie was and who Natalie wanted to be. It was always who Natalie should be to get that planet exactly. I was, I was living for the kingdom. I was living for the afterlife. Now, how did you physically get out? Because you sounds like you left behind your pretty much your entire support structure. Yeah. Yeah. Well, okay, so I was pretty much just shitting myself to announce this to my husband that night. I did tell him. We, we put the kids to bed, and I laid on his chest, and, and we just I told him, and we just bawled. Because this actually meant, yes, that I would lose everything. It meant that he either needed to divorce me and remarry an active Mormon so he could go on and pursue his dreams in his life, which were really tied into... He was going places in the Mormon church in leadership, and so this was devastating to him, or else he needed to go to hell with me because now I was going to hell. And, of course, I didn't believe that, but I had just three hours before stepped out of the paradigm, which told me, you know, I understood it too well how he would hear that. So we we had a couple really, really difficult days and an ensuing very difficult year where I was out and he was in, but of his own choice, and I can't stress this enough because there are a lot of couples in this situation and it is devastating. On a, I mean, marriage is hard enough without adding in that, like, oh, this is such a rude way to say it, but one believes in make-believe and one doesn't. But that's, that's yeah. just a, a slight allegory. But, um, yeah, over time of his own choice, he decided he also did not believe it. That is not always the case, and these... It's one thing to, I think, be a mixed-faith marriage if you go into it with that assumption and knowledge, but to have it but happen in the middle, yeah. oh, no. it's, it's just uh, excruciating. So, so we did a few things. We did a few things. Um, we had a year where, uh, you know, the, that whole time where I was out and he was in, I just dreamed of him leaving and all of the problems that it would fix. When he actually did, it didn't fix anything, and in fact, it was like the monkey's paw. You, do, you could not have foreseen the disaster it would be, him being his authentic self, me being my authentic self, 
how we would just be on two very different journeys now. And the one, the one thing we had is now gone. Mormonism really conformed all of our social beliefs, all of our religious and spiritual beliefs. Now left to our own devices, it doesn't mean you're going to land on the same page, and we very much didn't in a lot of things. Luckily for our case, in, in the case of having our two beautiful children, parenting we have always agreed on, and we took those two years to really get to a place where we could transition our family into an amicable divorce. We tried everything. I mean, we, we, we very much regretted getting married as virgins, so we did try an open marriage for a while. We tried a camper van trip to New Zealand for three months. We bought a van in Auckland, and... We got some fabric sent down to where all the well, the Hobbit the people making the Hobbit costumes were out of work. They resewed all these cushions. We installed wood floors. It was really fun, amazing time. And we just camper van both islands of New Zealand for three months, just going. What would it look like if we had no work stress, no no pressure of any kind? Um, fortunately, unfortunately, bittersweetly, it didn't work, and and we did split up and move back to Sydney, and. I don't know, though. I, I must say, like, it, I, I love being divorced. I love that that happened. I, loved, I love that everything happened. I wouldn't change a thing. Um, but that's really where things started to, that was, my, my divorce did feel very much like my apostasy, which is what it's called when you leave at least this phase. Um, it felt... Well, I, I have to ask you, we're, we're actually getting towards the end of the show. And what would you say to people out there that feel constrained by religion or by the choices that are made for them before they pursue Hollywood? Yeah. You yourself have managed, you have a, a show, you've had cooking show, you've, you've actually taken this and, trans, and transitioned it into a career mm. and your story itself mm. um, is, is incredibly unique. But what would you say to somebody who is not necessarily even in the Mormon faith but in any faith that they're any feeling faith, constrained? Yeah. And yeah, feel that and they can't will, pursue exactly Hollywood. Exactly, you said it will be a problem if it's from birth because you don't know any different. It's one thing if you convert later in life of your own choice, but there is some real suffering for people born into these ways of thinking that they, as adults, discover do not resonate with them in any way and are not going to serve them in their journey anymore. There was, uh, I think it was the, the filmmaker, I forgive me his name, he made a lot of Mormon films and then he apostatized. He said it's like you're going along in a boat and it really serves you and then one day the boat flips over and it's on top of you, suffocating you, killing you. That's very much what I experienced and I know that's probably really common for these people and I would say you've got to, one thing that I just went deeper and deeper into myself and my beliefs to, to break all of the narratives around me that were keeping me from realizing my truth. It, it will cost. I'm not going to spare anyone from that. The costs are high. But if you can channel it into a way of going and letting it serve your past, letting it serve your future in love, professionally, in your family, it is worth it, and it takes an immense amount of courage and bravery. For me, it almost happened so fast. I almost wasn't courageous. I was, I was just shocked and stupid. You know, I was like a bull in a china closet. But you just, you just have to know that it's going to be worth it. It really, really is. 
and my heart goes out to other religions where the costs are more severe than mine, and mine has been hard. My dad is a bishop right now. I have four sisters. They are all active. I remain to be the only one out. Uh, my husband remains to be the only My ex-husband remains to be the only one out. That's very difficult. That's very difficult. You're raised in these families, and you're all on the same team, and now one of you isn't with everything that you believe. That is difficult, but everything, I'm a big believer in this, everything that takes gives back exponentially more. And do you find, Sophia, the trade-off? I mean, you've really traded your faith for your own life, for your own narrative versus living the narrative that was written for you. For my inner peace, for my knowing that I did the right hard thing. Now, can I ask, we've got five minutes to a close. Tell us about your show. Yeah, so um, I, I've done some funny things. I've, I've, I've been in Hollywood. Sundance Film Festival was huge for me. I've pitched some different shows that are possibly still in talks with dance music. I'm a huge techno fan. Um, I started writing a book because um, oh, oh, there's so much more to get to, actually, for what happened from the minute I got divorced, but we'll just save that for the book. Started writing a book after travel dating um, all over the world, just as a teaser. Went on first dates to South Africa and Tel Aviv, and second dates to Paris and Istanbul and Frankfurt and um, Nashville, Memphis, New Orleans. It was incredible. So th- it really inspired me to go. You know what? There's so much more to your losses. Loss of religion, loss of marriage, can be a real defining moment, and you can claim that. So I just said I need to be. I need to be the spokesperson for this. I need to be a voice who says, you don't need to shrivel up in your divorce and just get bitter and just be grumpy about how there's no one to date. You need to be clever. and you Proactive. Need to be you need, you need to make those choices. Yes, and you need to make, create those opportunities. So many people I talk to just wish they had this or that that they see in my life or your life or someone else. I know that you're a big proponent of it, which is what I love about you so much, is you just say there is no excuse why it can't be you. And that's a big part of my message, too. So I started writing the book, and then I just realized there might be something before it. And I was going to do Midlife Crisis, the podcast, but um, that was already taken. (laughs) So I sat with it for another few hours, and I just escaped the narrative, came to me. And it was all like, this is what you do. There's the narratives you've been telling yourself. There's the narratives that people around you have told you, people close to you, people far from you, the media. And then there's what you actually deeply believe of what you can do to pursue your dreams. So I've got people, oh, my God, you've been on my show. I've got um, Layla LCC, who was raised in Egypt at 14 and her sister being 15. Her father just announced that they're getting married next week. Um, She escaped to Jordan and now has been living in the United States. Her story is incredible. She's written a book, Under the Shadow of Men. So these kind of stories, are these are the people I want to talk to on my show. You're bringing together the narratives of women that have changed their life. We have about two minutes to close. I want to have you on the show again because we've got so much more we really didn't get to get into (laughs) with you. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I mean, you've got an incredible life and you've had an incredible road to Hollywood. And this show has only taken us about halfway there. So I want to have you on again. Guys, we've got two minutes left. 
check out Escape the Narrative. Google it, find it. It is absolutely incredible. It's talking about how to get out of what you've been told, what you've told yourself, and how to write your own narrative, how to write your own life, how to write your world into what you want it to be. Because we all can. There's no reason you can't. No matter how you're raised or who you are, who you are tomorrow depends on what you decide and who you decide to be today. Natalie, thank you so, so much for being on the show. I've had so many people write in and we haven't even answered one damn question. So I'm (laughs) having you on again if you don't mind. Thank you, Paul, for being on the show. I want to give a shout out to Dow. You're on my mind right now. You're in my thoughts and prayers. I know you've got a lot going on, but you do do beautiful hair. Dow does my hair for red carpets. He's got a whole bunch going on. Um, We were going to have him on. But right now he's not. He's he's got he's he's kind of got a lot going on in his life. So if you need a great hairdo, head over to my David Andrews Salon here in Palm Springs, California. I'm Summer Helene. We are on with Natalie Q from Escape the Narrative. She's doing a book. She's doing some shows. Listen to her show, guys. It is amazing. You'll hear inspirational stories from inspirational people. Thank you, Paul. I know I know we didn't chat a whole bunch, but. I loved having you on the show, Natalie. Thank you so much for joining us. Um, My absolute you have, pleasure. Check out, Natalie, check out Natalie Q. It's Q-U-E. The you show get a is actually it's in production still. It's in editing. We have recorded eight episodes, and it's in for submission to iTunes. I'm about to leave on a European leg of my tour on Monday to interview more people in Europe, and we were, we're going to get that out as soon as possible. For now, we've got an Instagram page with beautiful inspirational Check memes. Escape, es- escape the narrative. Keep your eye on it. It's coming out. She's heading out for the European leg of her tour. I'm Summer Helene. I'm with Paul Michael Bolin and Natalie Q. This was Behind the Scenes. I'll see you next week. Thanks for checking out the show. Behind the Scenes can be heard live on the Voice America Variety Channel every Friday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Pacific. Be sure to join Summer Helene for more Scoop next week.